Hey, you don't understand business. So let's, let's go back to the deli and correct me if I'm wrong. That seems like the first one where you really pulled the trigger on your own. Is that correct? Yeah. I had or a, with your wife. I yeah. Should say. We had a couple of partners. Um, and I, I really, at that point in time, I really knew and wanted to be a part of owning my own business. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the, the impetus was just to grow something that was my own. Right. And I wanted it to be a quality place, you know, with, with good food and good service. But I, I didn't really want to do a full service restaurant at that point in time because I didn't want to deal with the headaches of, you know, getting an alcohol permit and dealing sure. with servers. And, you know, I, I'd done that for a long time and I, it didn't appeal to me in the same mm-hmm. way. So I thought a, a higher end deli would be a great way to go. Right. And so we did a from scratch deli with, mm-hmm. you know, we baked all our own breads and we had all of our own sandwiches. And um, what you what you learn is that if you're din- going to do all that and you're baking your own bread, you got to get up early in the morning. Hence me not wanting to be a baker. <laughs> uh, but it was it was really good food. Right. And so we we were very proud of what we had going Um I didn't realize, I don't think, when I first opened the doors to the deli, how many tasks, and this is me being a general manager of restaurants, right. growing my own places, I didn't realize as an owner how many things land in your lap that no one really talks to you about, you know? Right. Like, hey, you got to file your sales tax for the month, or, yeah. you know, there was things that either an accountant took care of or a bookkeeper of some sort. Right. There was a lot of those behind the scenes things that, that somebody else is doing that when you open up a store, those become your things. Right. And, you know, I was used to dealing with, um, you know, our, our accounts payable as far as, you know, our vendors and, and payroll and things like that. But I think a big shock to me when I first opened the doors uh, for my first business was just all of the like mundane like weird stuff that you have to do as a business owner, you know, there's a lot of paperwork. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of weird, you know, you get notices from random government entities (laughs) that they need you to file something. And it doesn't sound like much at first Sure. until, you know, it takes a half hour or 45 minutes to look up all the, the numbers that they want you to look up or, you know, how many employees work during this particular month and what your average payroll was or whatever it is. And you're like, oh, well, it's just a couple things. But then some other entity sends you something else, you know? (laughs) And so it seems like there's a constant flow of, like, you know, just one-off random things, you know? It's child support payments. It's, you know, filing different things with the the state or federal government. And as a small business owner, it it becomes a lot of stuff. Um, And you end up spending, you know, hours and hours every month just – doing stuff that doesn't really yeah. help your business at all in any way, shape, or form. And I think that was a big surprise to me when I first opened the doors. I just I knew I would have to do some of that stuff, but the amount of that stuff yeah. was was surprising to me. Well, I think you made the comment about like child support payments. That was a shock to me because we had – I bet we had ran for – 10 years before I got the first notice for a child support payment. Not, not for me, <laughs> still married, <laughs> paid for my kids. Um, but, uh, 
yeah, I said, what, what's this? You know, this is nothing to do with us. And, and my wife's like, well, yeah, we got to garnish their wages, you know, and all this. And I'm like, and we don't get paid to do this. Like this is, you know, it, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, you know, the child sports got to be paid, right? Like yep. I want to make this clear. I'm not advocating <laughs> anything here. Um, but again, like, it's just very frustrating that we have to go through those steps at the end of the day, that deadbeat, and I am going to call him a deadbeat parent at that point, um, needs to take care of their stuff, right? Well, there's like, some, like, I've, I've deal with it a lot. And most of the people that I deal with, there are definitely some deadbeat parents. Right, sure. But a lot of them, it's just the court order. And that's the, that's the How, way they do it to make sure that they get credit for paying their child. Well, then let me retract that payment. But, I uh, thought you had to like be to a certain point. No, to go, oh, okay, no. But okay. I, and for the most part, it's just a court ordered deal. And I mean, gotcha. we get garnishments for all kinds of stuff. But, you yeah, know, restaurants, it's, child support. it's pretty common. Um, you know, you, you've got a delinquent medical bill right. or something like that. Sure. And that's just the way they handle it. You know, the court's like, Hey, you know, take 20 bucks out of their check every, every week until it's paid. Yeah. And so you got to set all that up. But you know, as a business owner, like it, it's an it's a incurred cost. Cost, yeah. you know, as far as it, even if it's not costing me any monetary amount, it costs a lot of time. Yeah, and that's yeah. time that I don't get to spend doing something else. And yeah. I wish that it was a little bit more on, you know, maybe the employer or, or the, the employee. employee. You know, sure. if they could just go into the portal and say, "Hey, look, I've got this garnishment that yeah. the court said I had to." You know, here's the information. This is where the money needs to go. And, you know, let them set it up instead of putting the impetus on the employer. I had a guy that worked for us for a week last year. Oh, Um, yeah. So they, you know, he worked for us for a week. Yeah. The state knows where he's at at that point. He left after a week. We get the child support order. And uh-huh. I, so I've got to send back, hey, this this person no longer works here. Right. And so I sent that back. I bet I have received over the course of a year 20 of these for uh. the same employee, right? And I finally called him up last week and was like, look, I keep getting these. Right. I keep telling you guys that he doesn't work here. He hasn't worked here. He only worked here for a week, right. you know, right. last year. And it turns out that he had moved to a different state. <laughs> and somehow when he moved to that other state... There, the other state's child support people had uh-huh. kicked in that he had worked here, and they put in that he was a current employee. Oh. And so they, even though I told them that they, he He's wasn't, they just, it was hung up in the system. And so I don't know how many hours, I, w- I probably wasted more hours than that guy worked for me. Oh, man. <laughs> on just telling the state to quit sending me these, in, you know, these, right, these notices. Right. And so as an employer, you know... Like I said, that was one of my my early <laughs> things that I was surprised about, and I'm still to this day shocked at how much time gets sucked out of my my week or my month. Right. Just like filling out basic stuff that you have to fill out. Right. It's, right. It's a lot. <laughs> it's it, it is overwhelming. I know my my wife spends a ton of her time. Like that's all she does. I mean, she's got. She does some sales for us. And, well, she does a lot of sales. Uh, let me preface that. But, you know, she spends probably half her week dealing with paperwork. Yep. You know, because we're not to the point that we need a bunch of full-time people in those those positions. But, you know, yeah. 
so you still deal with it as you're you know building to that point yeah and it, it's and even then if you have somebody else dealing with it now you're paying for an employee to sit there and deal with this stuff yeah and so you're incurring even more cost i mean right, right. now it's just my time which is yeah you know it's just part of owning a business but you know as you as you get employees and they have to deal with that I, that's that's an incurred cost to the yeah. business and it, it can be substantial oh sure um so the deli didn't end like you would like you know you exited yeah um and then you went back to uh, to the one restaurant where you've yep. been uh for a while uh obviously not quite ready to plunge into another business so at what point did you start getting the itch again you know i i think after the the deli you know, we, when we exited, it was, it was rough at the end. Um, and we were lucky that we were able to get out because like I said, a lot of people at that point didn't get out. Right. And so it, it could have, it could have been even worse than it was, but, um, I ended up kind of working for the, the old restaurant and still putting in time at the deli Mm -hmm. for free just to kind of help goose it along until we could, we could wrap things up. Right. And, so there was a lot of hours put in um, between the two restaurants, and it was it was a rough time. So I think after we finally wrapped that up, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm happy. Just like let's let's go work for somebody else. Let somebody <laughs> else have the headaches, and, right. and I'll just you know I, I'll make my money and my bonuses and call it a day. Right. And and for a long time, I think that was enough. Um, I think I got to the point where my my kids had finally gotten a little bit older and mm-hmm. I had a little more free time cause they were young when we started the deli. Right. And when they got to a point where they were a little more self-sufficient and uh-huh. I had a little bit more time to like just sit and think about things. Right. That's kind of when the itch started coming back. <laughs> and I, it seems like when I talk to entrepreneurs, they come in two flavors. There's like the, the people who get started young right. and, and get something going. So they've got, you right, know, something right. positive happening. And then there's the people that, that start in their like forties. Right. Right. Late, late thirties, early forties, depending on how they're, how old their kids are. And I, I feel like at that point I had enough experience and enough knowledge of, of business in general. Right. And I, I actually went back to school and got another degree um, during that time because okay. I, I knew that I wanted more more actual business okay. acumen. Uh-huh. So I mm-hmm. went and got a business degree um, and just to make sure that I understood what was going on, which right. was actually great. Um, right. I found that being an adult student going back to school was interesting, <laughs> but I also found that going in and studying something that I was actually using in my daily life was, was very useful to me. Right. Um, and it gave me a lot more drive and desire to go sure. to go open something else. Mm-hmm. So I think I got to a point where I was I was ready to go do something. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an opportunity uh, to to buy the restaurant that I was running and mm-hmm. we negotiated that for a while. That was a back and forth deal right and the owner just wasn't quite ready to let that one go. Sure. And so we ended up, not coming to terms, and that was when I the impetus really hit that if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. Right, right. Um, so I, I think that it worked out fine. Uh-huh. Um, in the end, I think that um, we managed to open up 
the barbecue restaurant right before COVID because I have awesome <laughs> timing with opening up restaurants. And yeah. then we opened up the the uh, the steakhouse during COVID. That was 2020. Yeah. Uh, so end of 2020. So we were that was that was a bold move. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, but it, it all worked out in the end, and I think that it positioned us when everything started to open back up and come back online yeah. to, to have something that, that was available to people. Right. Um, so it was a good thing. When we didn't have any of the baggage. Correct. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the restaurants unfortunately got strapped with the baggage of the, the expenses and the, you know, trying to get through that, you know, it just comes a point in time where a lot of them just said, no, we just, you know, that's why we see them hanging up a year or two after COVID is because they just, have all this baggage they're dragging behind them. Yep. You know, and they just can't get out from underneath of it. So I, I feel like it ended up being a good thing for us, the timing wise, but you know, you definitely, if you, if you have the itch, like, yeah. and I, I talk to people all the time that are like, Oh, I wish I, I could go do that. Well, you, you can, Yeah. you know, right. you absolutely can, but you also have to understand what you're, what you're asking for too. Right. Right. Um, because it's not a nine to five. And, and I've got friends that have been very open and honest about the fact that they wouldn't want to do what I do. Right. And I don't blame them. Um, it's not for everybody. It's, it's a, it's a lot of hours. It's not, and it's, and it might be, you might be out at four in the morning or five in the morning to go get something started or meet with somebody early or whatever. And then guess what? It doesn't matter if it turns five o'clock, you may still be there because you got to finish up for the evening shift or yep. a manager calls off or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Staffing issues is a, is a different episode, <laughs> I think, but I, I will say that there's a lot of good things to being an entrepreneur. Yes. And so I'm, yeah. I'm happy every day that I've, I've chosen to do this and I've, I've opened multiple businesses at this point and seen the life cycle on a few yep. still have some in operation, some in different industries. Um, so it's, it's interesting to me to see the differences and similarities between businesses Yeah, and, and just talking to other business owners, I find fascinating, right? You know, what, what issues that they have to confront, um, what drove them to become an entrepreneur, you know, why they got into business in the first place. Um, if it's a multi-generational sure. kind of thing, those are always interesting to me. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that it's fascinating um, just talking to people about it. Oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, you know, and I don't want to paint the picture that our, you know, that we do nothing but run the business. You know, I mean. Sometimes it, I sleep. Yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> there's been a few weeks where, I mean, I'm yawning. I, like, I, I, need, I need more coffee. Not going to lie, you know. Um, but then there's, there's a lot of great opportunities where, you know, we're able to, to get away. You know, and, yeah. you know, because as you build a good team, that's kind of the whole goal, right, is have a team that can run it with with you not being here. And now, whether it's a, a trade show, an ind industry trade show that we're at or, you know, it's just a vacation or, you know, I like to tag on just an extra day onto these trade shows. You know, yep. just having that one day where it's like, you know what, we're going to enjoy the day. We're going to do kind of whatever. And that didn't happen this time. But uh, <laughs> normally that's the plan. <laughs> But I, I, yeah, I do think that there's, there's interesting perks to yeah. being a business owner. Well, you mentioned Zubilation earlier. Right. And, and so letting some of the partners go down to be a part of that yes. and, and listen to people come up and talk about the restaurant, right. And, yeah. and what we've created here, I, I think that that is a unique and fun experience. It yeah. builds a lot of, a lot of pride and, 
You yeah. know, it it kind of warms the heart a little bit to know that that you created something, right? Oh, yeah. that, that people really yeah. have a a strong feeling for and enjoy and and want to be a part of. Also, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Well, and I, you know, my mom and dad were into restaurants. We've got I was tied to different restaurants, not in a daily. I'm still not in the daily operations, but not as involved as I am now because I will come down to help wash dishes or run food. Oh, just you've so learned I, an awful lot in the yeah, past couple of years. Just so I can get my feet wet, you know, and, and know what I'm actually talking about. Um, and, and experience what the staff deals with in other restaurants. Because I guarantee you, if you have never helped run food or washed dishes, you're not tipping correctly. I'm just, <laughs> just, I'm just telling you right now, because... I recently had some very poor experiences at some restaurants where, but sitting there having dealt with just a fraction of what these servers and, and the industry workers are dealing with, I, you can just tell, like, you're having a bad day. Like, right. I'm still going to tip you well. Like, you know, this is, you know, this is fine. It, <laughs> it sucks because it's the really the one industry, maybe retail also, uh-huh. where as an employee, you're just supposed to come in and be in a great mood every single day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Put the, your Walt Disney smile and, on and go. And nobody wants to come in and have a a bad day at work. You right. Know? But I think that it's, you're not even allowed to come in and have a, just an okay day. Right? Right. Like you've right. got to have the, the biggest smile on. You've got to make sure everybody feels welcome. And, yep. you know, you've got to be on your A game all the time. And it, there's definitely days where you're just like, I'm going to go through the steps, right? I'm going to yeah. make sure that you've got your food and your <clears throat> drinks and that everybody's taken care of. Yeah. But maybe I'm not feeling all smiley today, right? right. Like I'm going to be a little just more formal. Maybe I'm not going to be chatty at the table. Right. And that's for some people just not good enough. And yeah. it's, it's frustrating because, you know, the, the staff, and, and I'm not just talking about my restaurant, but I think every restaurant, like oh, there's absolutely. always some people that are not yeah, caring about their job. But right. I think there's a lot of really good people out there that really care about their job um, in restaurants and retail and a bunch of other um, industries that just you don't understand what they have to go through during their day yeah. to, to make things happen for you as a customer and I try to be very understanding with, you know, vendors. You know, I, I had a, uh, a dumpster that didn't get emptied a, a oh, couple yeah. weeks in a row. And I'm calling up the customer service rep, and I'm sure that they get yelled at all the time. Right. Like, right. all the time. You're not calling them to tell them that they are doing a great job, <laughs> yeah. right? But I'm not going to be rude or belligerent to that person. He had nothing to do with my trash right. not getting picked up. Yes. And I just want the situation resolved. So right. I'm going to speak to him like a human being and give them the information. Now, if their company as a company can't resolve that issue, then I'm just going to leave that company right. and go to some other company that can take care of it. But at any rate, it's not the customer service person's fault right. that that my trash didn't get picked up. So I try to be patient. Um, <laughs> sometimes it works. You know, I, I do get sales reps that, that sometimes I get a little short with uh, if they promise things and can't deliver. But that's a different story. But though. that's a different story. Like yeah. we have a personal relationship. You promised me something and you didn't come yeah. through. So, you know, we're going to have a different conversation. Well, because, I mean, you know, it's one of the things that we've added is the customer service department, you know. Yep. And it's it's amazing. Um, I'll listen into some of the calls or bump in just to see how things are going. And, you know, <laughs> we had a um, 
customer doing Christmas stockings with us. And this was in middle of December. He brought them in and we said, well, you know, we're, we're booked already. He said, you know, we'd, we'd love to do this for you, but we're already booked. And, uh, so anyway, he leaves them says, well, I'm going to need them for next year anyway. Just run them in January or February. Okay, fine. So we're trying to get them worked in in January. And I don't remember what prompted the whole thing. But anyway, he calls customer service and just rips into them. Just, I mean, I'm not going to say everything. Well, it's not public radio, but I'm still not going to say everything that <laughs> that was said. And, uh, you know, dropping the F-bomb and all this stuff. And they're trying to calm him down. And, you know, they're getting managers in on the phone call to try to calm him down. And it's $8.50. To get these stockings done like what's wrong with you you know like it, we'll get it taken care of so finally um he's dropping the f-bomb and he finally gets done he says well you have a blessed day oh no 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 you don't get to talk like that now like <laughs> we're done with you and uh so i get to be the one to call him to inform him that if he doesn't apologize to the customer service girls we're just not doing his work period like he can come pick him up like there's, we're done. There's still, hang, that was over a year ago. They're still in my, in the store. <laughs> he won't, he won't even pick them up. So I'm just like, you know, how people can think they're on such a different level maybe yep. than anybody else. And like, yep. you know, these people are, you know, and I'm like, you know, we, we're not going to behave that way. <laughs> some, some people can't help themselves. No, it is what it is. So. Part of part of the entrepreneurial process, right? Like that's right. Learning well, learning how to deal with that. And I, I think that's you know, one of the things we're trying to accomplish here with the the website and the podcast is people that are beginning or not ready to take that step out or struggling with their steps, like, you know, how how did we make it through this? Because I think that's the biggest um, downfall to business owners is they just well, I just can't do it anymore. And they just want to give up. They want to shut the door. I mean, I do think there is some validation to recognizing, like we've done, you know, with one of our restaurants recently, that we said, no, this we need to stop the bleeding and move on to the next project. Yep. And that's, you know, what you don't make those decisions because you're mad from something that happened that night. No. You got to process it and look at and analyze it before you just pull the plug on it. And I I think that that's. That's a difficult. I, I know business owners that have owned businesses for thirty or forty years that still <laughs> process their their business decisions based on gut feeling or yep. you know their personal relationship to you know whoever or whatever. Yep. And it's like that's just not. It's it's not a good way to run your business. No, you know, um, you you need to evaluate it. And, yeah. and just be objective about it. You know, uh, you may love that business that you've been operating for 10 years. Sure. But you're coming at it from an emotional level. And when you right. go to sell it, or if you are trying to put somebody in place to run that for you, and they're going to run it a little differently than you do, you know, you get emotional about it. Yep. And, but you have to evaluate, you know, if I put that manager in place to run that business, yeah, he's not going to do it quite the way that I did it, but he's going to be 90% of the way there, right, right? Right, And then I don't have to be there, and I can go do something else that's more valuable to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whether that's open up another business or take time off with your family or whatever sure. that thing is. And so you need to evaluate that because at the end of it, 
you're going to sell that business or it's going to close. Yeah. Like those are the two <clears throat> things that are going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you won't be there either way. Right. 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 So what do you need to do to make that business successful and to accomplish your personal goals? Right. Because the business is a vessel to accomplish personal goals. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I'm not like, I love to cook yeah. and I love working in restaurants, but that's not what I want to be doing in 10 years. Sure. Five years. Right. 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 I, I have other personal goals. And in order to get to those goals, I've got to put steps in place to get from point A to point B. Oh, yeah. And as yeah. an entrepreneur, you need to realize that. Well, and, and setting those goals and understanding, like, just because you didn't hit a goal a certain year, you need to figure out why didn't I hit it. Was it an economy thing? Was it my sales? Was it, you know, so you may have the goal of doing a million dollars in sales that year, but you only get to 700000 but maybe that doesn't warrant shutting a business down. Right. But where we had a situation that we were targeting one, one, two, the first year, I think at that one location. And it was what, 200, 250, maybe yeah, it, we severely you know? missed that goal. Yeah. And that's where we're stepping back and going, yeah, this is, this is not going to work. We didn't undershoot <laughs> it. It was a complete. Yeah. And, and so I think that there's definitely things like that where you need to reevaluate if this is, you know, maybe it's the concept, maybe it's the location, yeah. maybe we need to change. What do we need to change? Right. And right. so, and those are, those are questions that you need to be able to answer, you know, or you need to be able to walk away. Right. And so I, I think that it's, it, it takes a different skill set to be an entrepreneur than it does to just be a manager or, yeah. I mean, you may be a great manager in whatever business that you're running yep. and you may have a good idea of, what it takes to operate day to day a successful business as a you know as a drugstore owner or right, right. you know a comic book store clerk or whatever it is right. and and you may have good contacts with vendors and and a good client base that you can bring with you when you open your your location but there's definitely a lot of other considerations yes. and things behind the scenes that you may not realize as just a day to day manager that you're going to have to take care of yeah. And there isn't anybody else. Right. Like, that is the one thing that, you know, working in independent businesses, I get a lot of restaurants, especially because you'll get people that come in from chain restaurants to apply. Yeah. And the thing that I always ask them is, you know, what what did your average day look like? Uh -huh. And you will get, you know, for a for an independent restaurant owner, it'll be, well, I came in and, you know, I had to I had to re replumb a sink and <laughs> rewire an, an electrical outlet yep. that was on the fritz. And then, uh, you know, I, I had to, you know, call a repair person for the, for the HVAC and I had to mop the floors and yep. like, there's a, there's a ton of different jobs and different hats right. that you wear all day. And you're, you're doing marketing and you're meeting with somebody to do a photo shoot and yep. then you're selling a banquet, you know, the next half hour and you've got, <laughs> You know, somebody calling you about your your internet provider or whatever, and and so you're negotiating a contract with that. So there's so many different hats you wear. Whereas in corporate America, it's very well. I was responsible for the bar mostly, right. and I I knew but how this to, side of the bar, right? Not the and, other side. And I took inventory, but somebody else did the ordering. And, yes. You know, and so you, and they may be great at their job. Right. And you know, corporate America does a great job of like compartmentalizing tasks. Yeah. So that you don't have to worry about 
a piece wearing out, right? right. Like uh, everybody knows how to do it and you don't overwork any of the pieces. So everybody's happy. Um, independent restaurants and entrepreneurs, different, yeah. different story. Um, so it, it makes a difference what, what skill set you have. Oh, sure. Well, and that's why we see the, um, I always hear all the time, why can't our town get a, get a this or get a that in here? Why don't we have the, you know, a Texas Roadhouse building or why don't we have, a, you know, a Culver's or Freddy's or whatever the restaurant they're asking for or, or a Meyer. You know, why don't we have a Meyer? Right. Well, it's because your town's only 14,000 people or 7,000 people because they know that they have to have a certain amount of people to bring all those pieces to the puzzle in because you can't bring the Meyer in and open it with half the staff because the, the it just doesn't work. We're missing right. half the wheels in the cog, you know. And it's the same way with the restaurants. We're, we can't bring in a shrunken Texas Roadhouse because now we're going to have this weird, like, where they don't know how the how to fit that job description. Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is, we're kind of getting to the end here, but, uh, you know, one of the things we wanted to do with this podcast is keep things a little more on the light, right? Because we're, we're serious enough with business every day. So what's a, a good thought or a good story that you might share with us about one of your experiences as being an entrepreneur? I think that, you know, we, we've talked a lot of generalities and, you know, I think that as we go, we'll get more into detail about, you know, some of our previous uh, business ventures and, and some things that we did right or did wrong. Right. But one of the things, especially in restaurants that I've learned is you, the customer's not always right. And yes. you, you have to be able to tell that customer no in a, in a way that doesn't upset them per se, but lets right. them know what you're, what you're trying to get across. Sure. And sure. so I had a, uh, a company come in that wanted to feed their employees lunch and okay. they, they did this about once a month. They, they fed the employees lunch. They worked on Saturdays and mm -hmm. so they wanted to provide lunch for everybody. Their budget for each employee was $5. When it, and let's set the time frame too. That's this was a, like two years ago. Okay, because right? even fifteen years ago, that's a tight budget, right? Like <laughs> you're not going to McDonald's and getting much for that. Yeah, right. So five dollars per person, box lunch. Yeah, right. Like with the box and silverware and the whole deal and delivered and to delivered. The factory? Okay, and delivered or whatever it yes. was. And so the the problem that I had and my manager was like oh well it's sales we should totally take <laughs> it and we'll just decrease what we're giving them to match the price that they're willing to pay right and I said no because that cheapens our brand right. to hit their price point and yes. that's nobody else is going to do that right you know right. McDonald's isn't going to be like oh well we'll just make our our Big Mac cheaper Right. To, to fit what you're willing to pay for it. It's right. not a barter economy. Right. And so our food costs a certain amount of money. And I've, you know, I felt that it's a, it's a home cooked from scratch food item sure. and we could give them less, but then it's a bad look for us. Right. Now you're introducing yourself as a business to 50 or 60 employees who are going to be like, 
Oh, well, they don't give you much, do they? Right, exactly. And that's what those people are going to take away, not realizing that that their employer was the one who dictated how much food they were going to get in that box. Right. And so I told them no. And I think that that's, that's an important lesson for entrepreneurs. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it's a hard lesson for me to teach managers when they come in. Like, not every sale is a good sale. Right. And sometimes right. you have to just turn those things down because it's not good for your brand or your business. You yeah. have to be able to just let it go. And I explained it to the client, you know, why we wouldn't do it. And right. they said, okay. Yeah. And, you know, they'll go get pizza and everybody gets one piece of pizza, yep. you know, and they stay in their budget and everybody knows what a, what a Papa John's pizza looks like and how big it is. So, right. you know, Papa John's doesn't get hurt. But as a, as a small business, that, that would have hurt me. And so I'm going to oh, turn yeah. down the, you know, I mean, it really wasn't that much money. 250 to turn down, bucks. 250 bucks, yeah. right? So it wasn't that much. And by the right. time you pay for your food and all of your, your packaging costs and your labor, you're breaking even if you're lucky. Right. So right. you're working really hard to, to not make even. any money and yep. you're, you're devaluing your brand. Oh, and yeah. so that, you know, and that same client wanted to argue with me about it, but there's, there's really nothing they can say. Yeah. Um, so you definitely have to deal with a lot as a, as an entrepreneur and people are going to bring you all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, so keeping a sense of humor helps having an outlet to talk to other people that have to deal <laughs> with kind of similar things helps, but you know, don't, don't devalue yourself just because somebody else isn't willing to pay for your product. Uh, yeah. And you know, some, sometimes I laugh about that, but it is an well, example that I use a lot because if it was, you know, where is a factory or construction site, whatever it was, you know, they're not doing the same thing. You know, if, if you came in as a client and said, right, Hey, I, I, I need to buy 50 units, but, and I, yeah, there is some back and forth and some reduction in pricing when you're buying in bulk or that kind of thing. But this is $5 on a meal that what would have been 13, 14 bucks in the restaurant. Yep. And you want it delivered. Yep. <laughs> you know, so. Yep. And there, there's people out there that are willing to pay it. So, yeah. you know, sure. there's no reason to give that stuff away. Yeah. And, and devalue your brand to do it. Exactly. Um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, you just laugh at those people and, you know, <laughs> just tell them to go on down the road. Yeah. There, there may, there's always somebody that's willing to do that. It's right. It's just, it doesn't happen to be me. Exactly. Um, so, you know, keep your, keep your chin up as entrepreneurs and, you know, know that you're, you're, you're worth more than they want to pay for you. Exactly. Yeah. Cause they're going to, they're going to convince you about everybody else that will do it for that. Well, great. Go, go talk to those people then. Yeah. You know, why are you here? I'm going to do you know? less and earn more. Yes. And, exactly. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huge, huge learning point there. So, uh, I think that kind of wraps it up for this, uh, episode of introductions and, uh, we'll, roll into another set of introductions the the next week so thanks thanks, thanks John. hey you don't understand business <laughs>